Final Voyage of the Page Turner. Episode 8 Escape. Well, well. Welcome, Voyager. Welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose-your-own-page-turning podcast with me, comedian Colin Lego. And what episode are we on today? Well, let's work it out a bit like a year four maths problem, shall we? Because we're all homeschooling at the minute. So, the episode number is, um, if you take the amount of limbs a spider has and you add on the amount of legs that two donkeys have, yeah? Then you divide it by the amount of runs on a traditional stepladder, add on the amount of flippers that three penguins have, then divide it by the amount of apple pies in half a box of Mr. Kipling Bramley apple pies, then you get rid of all those things, eat the apple pies, step on the spider, and just count the amount of episodes that we've done, and you'll work out that we're on episode 8. There you go. Uh, I love maths. So yeah, episode 8, and thanks if this is your 8th time visiting Voyage of the Page Turner. Lovely to have you back. And if this is your first time, hello, what can you expect from this podcast? Well, I can guarantee we're going to have some fun. Definitely, we're going to have some adventuring, we're going to have some 1980s nostalgia, we're going to have an award-winning comedian guest. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm not playing games. And we're going to have some ridiculousness and choice-making as we go through an original 1980s multiple-choice storybook. Strap on in. So before we get into the actual episode, I've got some corrections and clarifications to make from last week's episode. If you remember, Wayward Masquerade got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Wayward Masquerade. A huge apology for my mistake last week. But Wayward Masquerade got in touch last week on Twitter, at Page Turner Show. Thanks for asking. And if you remember, they were talking about how good they were at breaking into cars in their youth by using an array of items. And I alluded to the idea that Wayward Masquerade was really good at it, like doing it in 15 seconds. Uh, she says no 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 it used to take about half an hour to an hour to break in but then she also says the fastest time was probably getting a dog to unlock the car and he was also the reason the car was locked in the first place so not only is wayward masquerade brilliant at breaking into cars but she also has the ability to talk to animals and get them to do it for her (laughs) like Dr. Doolittle meets Grand Theft Auto. That's amazing. That should be on Britain's Got Talent. That is an award-winning act, if ever I heard one. So next year, we get Wayward Masquerade, a Ford Fiesta, and a Labrador (laughs) on the stage at the London Palladium in front of Simon Cowell. Yes, scowling away from a... Well, Simon Scowl. Let's call him Simon Scowl. And that has got winner written all over it. Right, let's sort that out. Anyway, thanks, Wayward Masquerade, for getting in touch. Also on Twitter, uh, which is at Page Turner Show. I think I've mentioned that a few times it's at page turner show on twitter facebook and instagram do get in touch just like vanessa has vanessa gets in touch hi vanessa she says absolutely loving the page turner show podcast great stories read by colin with funny guests making choices she says a great range of voices from colin I mean, I agree with you. It is a great range of voices. They're not greatly executed, but there is a great range. She also says, a wonderful cow impression in the Shaz Andrew episode. Did I do a cow impression? I don't remember doing a cow impression. If I did, it was probably offensive to cows, I would imagine, because most of my accents are a little bit questionable. So if any cows are listening, I apologise once again if I've offended any of our cow friends. Anyway, Vanessa also says, as an eight-year-old, she would have chosen a raw block of jelly to take out as a snack on an adventure. So that's not your melted down and then reformed in the fridge stuff. No, no, no. It's an actual block of raw jelly or jello if you're in America. Yeah, and I know that because she's put a photo of one. Looks like raspberry or strawberry, but it is an unmelted pack of jelly stroke jello. I'm with you, Vanessa, totally with you. I remember as a kid going to my grand's house and she would give me raw jelly as a little sweet treat. And I'd eat half a block of that raw jelly, and then my grandma would put it away, yeah, in the cupboard for the next time. But she wouldn't wrap it in cling film, or wouldn't put it in like a nice plastic box. No, no, no. She'd just put it straight back in the cupboard with all the crumbs from the biscuits and crackers. So the next time I ate that jelly, it was covered in fluff and crumbs. Did it stop me? No. Did I care? Not one bit. I used to shove it in my eight-year-old face. Has it done me any harm? Well, I'm a type 1 diabetic now, but let's not question it too much. Anyway, thanks, Vanessa. That's a lovely insight into eight-year-old you. (laughs) Anyway, on to today's episode, episode eight. And today's book has just got a one-word title. That word is escape. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
doesn't tell you much from the title. What I can tell you is this story is set in 2045. Oh yeah, none of your present day nonsense. No, no, no. We're in 2045. Oh, by the way, present day, if you are listening at time of release, which is February the 8th, 2021, today is UK Pun Day. Yeah, officially UK Pun Day. Monday Pun Day, the punniest day of the year. And uh, <clears throat> as a... As an ex-previous uh, UK pun champion, have I mentioned that much? Uh, yeah, I did win the UK pun championships in 2019. It makes sense that I should probably do a pun to celebrate UK Pun Day and the fact that this is a book set in 2045. So um, so here we go. Uh, Obama. You know uh, Obama, ex-president Obama. Yeah, apparently he's just weirdly been cast as Marty McFly in a remake of a 1980s classic action film. Oh yeah, it's called Barack to the Future. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, hello? 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 Is anyone there? Okay, move away from the puns, Colin. Get back on to the story. Anyway, happy UK Pun Day. So anyway, today's story, Escape, is set in 2045. And because of that, last week I went onto Twitter and I wanted to know what you thought the future would be like, right? When you were a kid, what was 2020 going to look like? Would it look like Back to the Future? Would we have hoverboards? Would we have teletransportation? Would we have phones that weren't connected to the wall with a cable? That sounds insane. Anyway, guess who got in touch on Twitter? Bethany Weston. Bethany Weston. Uh, So good, I have to sing her name now, apparently. Bethany's an avid listener and an avid messenger. She's always messaging the show. If you're listening, you need to be more like Bethany. Oh yeah, BMLB, remember that? Don't just listen. Message me as well. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Anyway, Bethany's gone in touch about the future. She says, My favourite film has to be Back to the Future, so I always thought... 2015 and beyond would be like Back to the Future Part 2. I also hoped we would hover or fly to get around, maybe using jetpacks or something like that. I love Peter Pan growing up, so flying was the ultimate dream. Ah, oh, how lovely. Uh, you could probably get a plane if we weren't locked down, I suppose. I don't know. Anyway, she goes on to say, I also thought that phones would become slimmer and slimmer until we would just have a sheet of glass as a phone. And to be honest, that still might happen. Yeah, absolutely, Bethany. I totally agree with you. I think phones will become like a little sheet of glass one day. I actually thought, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, so we're talking 20 years ago, when mobile phones were really chunky, I actually thought that one day, mobile phones would be an integral part of your actual hand. (laughs) Bear with me. So, you know, at some point, I reckon you'll have a microchip in your thumb, hmm, as the listening bit, the good technical terminology for me, and another microchip in your uh, little finger as the bit you talk into, and you can just put up your hand to your head like you do when you're miming talking into a phone, but it will actually be your phone is your hand, and your hand... Is your f- I think that could happen. I, th- I think it could happen. I maybe need to go and have a lie down. Anyway, I don't know if this story, Escape, will have hands as phones or look anything like Back to the Future Part 2, but who knows? Let's go and find out. And joining me today, because it's UK Pun Day, I have got not only a UK Pun Champion, but she is the current reigning UK Pun Champion from 2020, and we're going to have some fun. There probably will be some puns along the way, It would be weird if there wasn't, but we're going to have some fun as we get into this futuristic story and let's see how we do on this episode 8 of Voyage of the Page Turner. Adele Cliff is a stand-up comedian, writer, the 2020 UK pun champion and has several successful Edinburgh Fringe festivals to her name. Adele has also worked in America with the renowned Second City Training Center in Chicago. With those comedy credentials, Adele has obviously never had to escape a silent comedy club. So will she escape today's adventure? Watch out, Adele. There are things far worse than hecklers about to head your way. Thank you, Sam. I'm here with Adele. Adele, welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner. Hello, thanks for having me. Excited to go on a voyage. Yeah? Have, yeah. You, have you been voyaging much of late in your life? Not really. No, I'm I'm obeying the law. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, doesn't mean I don't like a voyage. 
Mm. Uh, voyage a is a big term. A fan of voyages. Yeah, fan of yeah. voyages. Yeah. If I had to pick my top five voyages, you know, oh, yeah. they'd yeah. be, oh, well, Star Trek Voyager. That can be Oof. one of them. Yeah. Uh, I went to Greece once. That was nice. That's a good voyage. Oh, I, I did uh, learn how to sail when I was a child. Did you? Yeah. Only in a lake that didn't have much wind or any waves. So not a big voyage, but, you know, exciting. I know you you do comedy, which is obviously quite out there and people would some people would say it's scary would you say you are a gung-ho person generally in life adventurous i think i am a bit in some specific situations and then really not in others like Mm. i think i'm quite adventurous in terms of uh, going to places and trying things going to Mm. different comedy festivals and you know things like that i'm very unadventurous with food i just pick foods i like and then repeat them oh (laughs) So once you've got your basic dietary needs, that's it. Maybe what it is, is I'm more like an astronaut and nutrition is just one of the elements. I'm all about the voyage in the spaceship and not about the meal replacement packages. I, you know, just eat it and move on, go and look at space some more, float <laughs> around. I'm into that bit. I'm less into the being like, oh, today I'm going to have sausage meal replacement. You So you see food more as fuel than an entertainment. Fuel for my voyaging. Wow, wow. (laughs) Very on brand with the podcast. Love it. So these books are all about, they're all set or all written in the 1980s now. um, And and they they went on into the 90s. Are you aware of these? Did these ever pop up in your childhood? Am I aware of the 80s or the 90s? No, no, no. Peripherally, yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. These books have a little bit of longevity. Have you ever experienced these type of choose-your-own-adventure books before? I know that they exist. I don't think I ever had the choose-your-own-adventure ones. I think I was slightly after they was being published was when I would have been the right age to read them. I did have some of the um, the books where it was like a murder mystery, and then the last chapter was folded up in an envelope at the back, so you had to guess who the killer was. And then Ooh. you opened the envelope and you found out if you were right. Oh. Yeah. So or alternatively, look- you opened the envelope at the beginning and then you knew who the killer was the whole way through and it made it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called cheating, Adele. That's called cheating. I, I'm not above cheating. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But these these type of do you go one way, do you go the other way? Mm. You've heard of them, but not exactly Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. I might, Maybe I have read one. I, f- I feel like I didn't read them much if I did. Mm. The book you're doing today, which we're doing in chronological order, so it's uh, book eight, which is just called Escape. Escape. It's a classic. The illustration on the front, let me just describe this for you and the listeners. A group of people running away from what looks like lasers being shot from planes flying over you, and you seem to be in some kind of desert. Oh, okay. Mm. If I was being chased by lasers, I think Escape would be high on my agenda. Yeah, not sit down and have a picnic. Yeah. You're not going to do that. Just, just hope for the best. Maybe it will mm. correct my vision. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me in the eye. So before we get into the book, let's go back to when you were a child. What kind of snackage are you going for? What was your snackage of choice? What was I going for? Uh, did a lot of um, crudite crudites, as I call what? them. Wow. You know, uh, carrot yeah. sticks, celery sticks, all the sticks yeah. of different things, things to dip them in. <laughs> breadsticks? Yeah, breadsticks. I like a sherbet dib dab. Mostly a stick based, like a double dip as well. A stick based diet, really. Just most of my food was, you know, a long stick I shoved into my face. Un- unboiled spaghetti. Just that's a stick, isn't it? <laughs> uh, sometimes I just ate sticks from outside, just yeah. break them off Tw- a tree. Twiglets. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, twiglets are gross. Oh, not a fan of Twiglets, although you do eat sticks. They are Marmite flavoured, aren't they? They are, yeah. Yeah, which is, so they're salt flavoured. You're you're the first Voyager uh, on this podcast series that's gone straight for, like, semi-healthy food. Well, look, there's other stuff. There's definitely crisps and stuff knocking around. Mm. I'm sure there's some skips. I did like skips. They were good. Mm. Um, and because yes. they because they melt on your tongue a bit, so you can run around with a skip on your tongue, and they go nah, and expose it, and be like, look, I've got a skip. Um, now you've explained that, that sounds gross, but I know exactly the, what you mean. It was amazing. Yeah, you, you don't let it get too soggy. I mean, all you do if you're a disgusting child, but you just pop it in, and you're like, oh, this is, it feels yeah. fizzy, even though it's clear. It's just the flavour, isn't it? 
Yes. There was nothing yeah. healthy about those snacks, though. There was oh, no, no natural God, no. goodness. No. I don't know what's going to happen in the escape book. What I will say, like I say to every Voyager, that you make the story, Adele. You, Your choices basically make or break the story. And... You live or die, depending on what you do, okay? Shit, the stakes just got raised. Yeah. Oh, might, yeah. Might be late to dinner if I die. <laughs> you might be. I don't want to give anything away for people who haven't listened to other episodes of the podcast, but some of the deaths are absolutely gross. Like, this, these books You're are only, meant... I'm only number eight. There's been previous deaths in the last seven episodes horrendous deaths horrendous deaths i'm quite yeah. worried about my chances now the books are meant for eight to ten year olds and in one of them so yeah somebody was turned met a rhino the oh. rhino took a dislike to them charged at them and not only did it kill them it turned them into a pulp and i quote a pulp the buzzards did not want to know about it but the ants had a lovely meal Oh, they got eaten by ants. Is that why the ant people are coming back in a future episode? Powered up by having yeah. eaten a person. <laughs> Prisoner of the ant people. Oh, no, maybe that's just a tale of that person being eaten for a whole book. <laughs> Could be. That's awful. That's book 10. Uh, that'll be in a few episodes. Prisoner oh. of the ant people. But um, escape book eight. Here we go. I'm going to give you a little bit of a quote at the start of this book. This is great from Emma. Emma, age 10, says, and she obviously wrote this in 1985 when the book was written if you open this book watch out if you take a wrong turn you might come out of it with no feet or ah. or you might not come out at all oh no is now That's... a good or a bad time to explain that i have a phobia of feet so i don't know now whether coming out with no feet is a good outcome for me yeah or not a good outcome are you scared of your own feet adele I'm not scared of my own feet. I'm also not scared that there's like a, a foot somewhere planning my death. I just, feet really gross me out and disgust wow. me. So if people are wearing flip-flops or sandals or uh, walking around barefoot, then I think mm. they're the devil. Wow, yeah. So you're not, there was a program that was on recently uh, mm. over the last few months that was called like the Toe Doctor. Oh my Do God, that's the worst Doctor. thing that's ever happened. Dr. Toe person. Did you see any of that? That was of awful. Of course I didn't. I actively <laughs> avoided it. it for the, I didn't see the Toe Doctor, Colin, for the same reason that I'm not a podiatrist. Because right. I, I know myself and what I like, and it's not yeah. that. It's not toes. It's not toes. Oh, gosh. Well, me and you have had very different worlds for the last decade with feet then. I mean, I've been yeah. very much in the foot world. I know, um, but now you're, well... Look, you've upgraded because now mm. you mm. can accessorise your foot. I can. Yeah, you can. I can. And I've got a tattoo on one of mine and that's the most accessorising I can do. Sometimes mm. I paint my toenails. It's still a foot. It's still gross. It's just got... It's like rolling a shit in glitter. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. What I'm I saying mean, is I... maybe I do want to lose my feet in this book. Wow. Well, um, Emma's saying Emma Hands. Emma, she's called Emma Hands. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Emma Hands says you might lose your feet. He's making this up, surely. Aren't That's I? not a real person, Emma Hands. Emma Hands. Mm. Okay. Well, let's take ourselves into book eight, which is Escape. This, the eighth episode of Voyage of the Page Turner. Episode eight Escape. The year is 2045, and despite your young age, you are returning from a secret spy mission to Dorado, the repressive police state that now occupies New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas. You and your group must make it safely back home to Tatalia in the north. You have succeeded in acquiring secret plans for the Doradan invasion of Tatalia. Getting this information back home and into the hands of the Tatalian leaders will save thousands of lives. But the journey north to the city known as Denver is long and treacherous, and it's difficult to know who you can trust to help you get there. Whatever you do, choose wisely. How do you feel about um, you, a very important character in this book already, yeah, this is, well, it's exciting to be cast in a leading role, for sure. Um, I do feel important. There's a bit of pressure 
Mm. And it feels like a different kind of pressure to the pressure I'm used to. So I hope I thrive Mm. and it Mm. doesn't, you know, I need to save the people of Tortilla. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what it's going to be called from now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know where you're escaping from yet, but I suppose we'll find out as the book goes along. Okay. You are one of the leaders of a spy mission operating in the Dorado. You have just broken out of a maximum security prison run by the secret police. Your escape has only just begun. Now you and your group must make it home to Tortilla. <laughs> Tortilla or Tortalia, which is more than a thousand miles away over semi-desert land and vast mountains. The year is 2045. A combination of civil wars and foreign attacks has split the United States into three hostile political areas. Dorado is a repressive police state. It follows only the rule of force, not law, and has designs on the territory of its neighbours. The second region, Rebellion, occupies all territory east of the Mississippi. Tortalia, which you are trying to reach, is made up of mountain states north of Arizona, as well as the northern plains extending into Canada. I realise at this point in the book, Adele, that I'm going to have to do an American accent at some point. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm also (laughs) thrilled to know that the plot is basically, you're in America, you're trying to escape to Canada. Basically, the capital of Tartalia is Denver. Tartalia is a democracy run by elected representatives and governed by a panel of five. It is also your home. Your father is one of the panel of five. Mm. That's how I got my job as a secret super spy. Well, it says he was opposed when you volunteered to go on a spy mission to Dorado, but you went anyway. <laughs> you I'm care. such a rebel. I know. So it's weird that I'm not from rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> but you were sure that you and only you could get the plans for the, the invasion of Tortalia, and you did get them. Now, the secret police arrested you, but fortunately, they never suspect that you had learned the invasion plans. You escaped from their prison. It was due to luck more than good planning. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, All right. a bit of a downer. I thought I was quite good at my job until then. No, no, it was just <laughs> no. luck that you escaped from no, the maximum security luck. prison. Yeah. Um, no decisions to be made yet, but we're getting there. Okay. Right now, you are hiding in a barn on a deserted ranch. You're about seven miles north of what used to be called Gallup. New Mexico. Three other people are with you. The most important, except you of course, is a 30-year-old woman and the leader of the resistance in Dorado. Her name is Melina. There is a large price on her head. She has to get out. With Melina is Matt. He is in his early 30s. It is his responsibility to get her safely out of Dorado. The third person is a computer specialist named Haven. A silent, nervous man who peers at the world through thick glasses. I see that. He's a nerd. He's a nerd because he wears glasses. That's how we identify ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) It's a secret code. Yeah. It's like those fish that you see on Christian people's cars. (laughs) It's just to tell other nerds that we're nerds. He might probably doesn't even need glasses. Yeah, probably empty frames. Mm, Yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) Your father, acting through the resistance organisation in Dorado, has arranged an escape plane for the four of you. This morning, you wait for the Windmaster twin-engine motor glider to swoop out of the clouds and pick you up. You have been waiting for several hours. The plane is now half an hour late. Matt wants you to leave. (laughs) Accent coming up. I think we should get out of here and head back to town. I don't want to get caught out here, he explains. You look at the clouds, then at the desert. I don't know, you finally say. We're in a pretty good spot right here. We can see if anyone is coming from a distance. I know Bill, the pilot. He's reliable. He'll get here. I think we can wait another half an hour. They're closing in on us, Matt says intensely. I I can feel it. There is no sign of the secret police on the horizon, but you know they could appear at any moment. Now here's your first choice, Adele. Do you follow Matt's suggestion and return to the town, or do you wait another half an hour for this plane? Look, I think given that 
I'm a child and Matt's in his early 30s. I'm not saying that I should defer to his greater wisdom. Mm. But I think there's, you know, he, he knows the area better than I do. Oh, it's. Okay. I think, well, I, does he not? Yeah, I think he does. I think I've only just know. come in for this spy mission. It feels like Matt knows what he's what's happening in the area. Well, he's he's got to get this um, Melina character. Yeah, he's got yeah. to be obviously very aware of the area. I think. I suppose right. Matt is in a high stress situation. His job's pretty essential. Mm. He's mm. you know he's got other people relying on him. Mm. I'm just a child whose dad's in charge. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I'm important hit- too. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're important. I think um, I'm important. Yeah. So, is it? Are you going to go with his suggestion and go back to the town, or wait for the plane? Mm. What's the? What's the? Can I trust Bill? You know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know Bill, the pilot, very well. I apparently. know Bill, but you know, I know lots of people well because my dad's in politics, and a lot <laughs> of people who you like meet through politics are going to be bad people, and mm. I don't want to besmirch Bill the pirate's good. Bill the pirate. Yeah, that's why I don't trust him, because he's normally better on boats than in planes. Because <laughs> he has that stupid yeah. parrot on his shoulder all the time. And also he wears an eye patch that really affects his depth perception, so he's very, very bad at landings. So he could have crashed hours ago. Oh, gosh, um, maybe he's dead. Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, I hope Bill's okay. I think Matt's got a point. I think we're okay. exposed. I think just because we can see a long way, for a long way doesn't mean other people can't see us from a long way away too. Ah. So, I think we should retreat to a safer ground. Maybe Matt is right. Maybe waiting for another half an hour is too risky. Okay, let's get out of here, you tell him. I don't know where you're from. Uh, I'm also American, though, am I? Apparently so. (laughs) Okay. No telling when the plane will get here. Look at those clouds. But where do we go when we get back to the town, Matt? Matt gathers up two canvas sacks filled with personal belongings that Melina and Haven have stolen. He shoulders the bags and then looks at the clouds for a few seconds. Not much choice, Matt says. Back to my friend Julio's place. It's so close to the secret police headquarters, they'll never think of looking for us there. You nod in agreement. But in the bottom of your stomach, you feel not to fear at the very motion of being next to the secret police headquarters. You'd like to be as far away from that as possible. Later that afternoon, you all wait in the living room of Julio's thick walled house in the middle of downtown. From the front window, you see a stark outline of a modern glass and concrete building of the secret police headquarters. Two armed men wearing desert camouflage uniforms stand there with their feet apart, laser guns at the ready, surveying every person who passes by. Are you regretting this decision slightly to go into town now you're right by the headquarters? No, I I think Julio's a solid guy. I I do think we're a little close to headquarters, but we got Mm. out before. So, Mm. I don't know, maybe we should have waited for Bill. I feel feel bad that he could be crashing in this storm, but... It's too late now. Yeah, it's too late now. Screw Bill. Um, I'm a a little worried, I'll be honest. Mm. I'm also slightly wondering why one of the main things we felt it was important to steal was medals. Uh. Yes, you stole (laughs) some medals. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe. So we hate veterans. That will make us very unpopular (laughs) in America. (laughs) But maybe later on in the book they might help you with some kind of bargaining. I don't know. Oh, yes. That's a good point, yeah. Possibly. I don't know. Because all I've got in my pockets is sherbet dib dab so i need something bigger to bargain with <laughs> some kind of fluffy mm. hot chubba chub lolly yeah, and half yeah, okay. a coca-cola flavored chubba chub lolly that's quite dry <laughs> <laughs> you've not come prepared for this at all okay melina sits in the far corner of the living room listening intently to the shortwave radio she looks up the plane is down Oh no, I don't know where she's from, but she's got an old lady voice. Even though she's 30. (laughs) (laughs) The Doradon's got it over the desert. I hope the pilot doesn't know much. Maybe he's dead anyway. Oh my no, Bill might be dead. You you predicted it. I think Bill might be dead. Oh no, Mm. well. I'm so sorry, Vidamos. Thanks. I'm worried about telling my father. I I know, he'll be Mm. gutted. Um, Him and Bill go go way back. Yeah, they were roomies in uni, yeah. right, weren't they? University oh. of, I don't know, Colorado. They went there together. Yeah. 
Haven cringes in the other corner, paler than ever. Matt clenches his fist. We have to get out of here. Uh, they'll be on to us before we know it. Melina rises and walks to the centre of the room. She looks at each one of you. I think we should split up. I'll go with you, she says, gazing into your direction. Okay? Now Matt disagrees. We've got to stick together. We, we can get out of town on foot. Now here's your second choice. Do you split up and you leave with Melina, just you and Melina on your own? Or do you argue to stay together and work as a team? It's difficult. I'm feeling like Matt's a bit of a whiny character now. I don't know if I should have trusted his instincts. He seems seems worried about things. I know we've got to get the Doritos back to Tortilla, but I... (laughs) He seems like he, you know, he doesn't... I don't know if I trust him that much. What are his expertise? Is he just an underqualified man talking himself up? It's his job is just getting Melina out and she immediately wants to leave him behind. He might be quite bad at his job. Oh yes, or does she know something that we don't? Is he a spy? Mm. The other big uh, point is, if we split up uh, and me and Melina go off alone, then this book will immediately pass the Bechdel test because it'll be two female characters alone <laughs> speaking about oh, things yeah. that presumably won't be men. So if you want, you know, to make yourself look like you totally get women and uh, like everyone being represented, maybe we should ditch all the men. Julio, is Haven a man or not? It's a nerd. Not that you can see this on the podcast, but Haven from the drawing a few pages back was a guy. Yeah, okay. Haven was a man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about Haven? He's at the minute cowering in the corner of a room. Look, he seems like he's mostly useful for his skills and not for his his strength of character or anything like that. Said nothing so far. He's just been pale. Been pale and uh, shivering in a corner. Uh, presumably so- cleaned his glasses a few times. <laughs> done a Rubik's Cube yeah. something like that Yeah. well done 8 seconds very quick we're trying to get out of town <laughs> um, so are you saying you're going to ditch um, Matt and Haven and go with Melina well maybe I don't look maybe Matt does know what he's doing but he brought us to Julio's and now he's immediately saying Julio's is a bad place to be so yeah yeah, that is terrible. It's, it's terrible, terrible planning. planning by him. Does he know nobody else who... Or is Julio his only friend? I'm beginning not to trust Matt whatsoever. Now you're talking about him like this. I think yeah. it's all a plan to get you there. I don't know. I don't know. He wanted to bring me into town, and now he wants to take me out of the safe house that we're in. Seems like he wants to walk me straight into the front door of the secret police station. Yeah. I see you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think me and Melina are going to ditch. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's see where that takes us. I'm very excited. She's a a rebel leader. She can look after herself. She knows what she's doing. She doesn't need Matt. There's a huge price on her head, though. You're putting yourself into a lot of danger, but we've gone for it. Or I could make a lot of money. Oh, Uh, double cross. Oh, no, I would never do that to Melina. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Melina's right, you say. Our chances are much better if we separate. I know a safe house. We can meet you in two days. Okay, Matt? Uh, I don't like it. I'm responsible for Melina, and the four of us will be better off staying together. But Melina is firm, and so are you. Matt... That's weird. (laughs) Matt finally agrees. Haven remains quiet. He looks scared. Here, Matt, this is the location of the safe house. The safe house is just two blocks west of the main piazza. You all shake hands and prepare to leave. At that very moment, there is a knock at the door, a loud knock. Melina raises her finger to your lips. Haven cringes in the corner. Everyone looks at you. Now, here's a choice to be made, Adele. You could tell them to prepare to defend yourselves, or you could tell them to run through the back door of the house. Fight or flight? It's... If I've ever got the option between fighting someone and taking a flight like a holiday, I'll take flight. It's... (laughs) The option isn't fight or package holiday. (laughs) Look, but I prefer that one. Right. I think we've got to run away. I think we're right opposite the police station. We, you know, it'll take moments for reinforcements to arrive. Yes. Leave Julio to stall them at the door. Yeah, Julio. I don't know where Julio is in all this. He's given you the house. No, but we're that's in about... his house. Yeah. 
I mean, Haven's just been a useless nerd at the moment. Absolutely so useless. He's now hiding in the corner, trying not to be seen. What's annoyed me here, though, is that you said you wanted to leave with Melina, and now you haven't been able to leave. It's very annoying as a, as a book reader that that's not happened. Do you know what I mean? I know. So now it's like, do you want to leave or do you want to fight and then leave or die? Would this be a really short episode if I choose to stay and then we get killed. Well, uh, what I will tell you from reading these books of late is they can be very short. This might be your end. It could be oh, your no. end. It could be. Oh. It could be. I'd like to live a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, and I think the best way is for us to sneak out the back. We have to get out of here, you whisper. Come on, Melina. Out the back way. All four of you dash out the back door. You get to it first and open it. You stick your head out. Then whisper, all clear. Come on. The door leads to a back alley that winds through a maze of streets behind stores, office buildings, and a few large apartment buildings. As you enter the alley, you realize Haven isn't with you. Hey, where's Haven? You look around. Melina and Matt shake their heads. We can't just leave him, you say. Matt looks disgusted. Ah, don't bother waiting for him. We can't waste time. Haven is a member of your team. Should you endanger the whole mission by going back for him? Or should you leave him to take care of himself? Now, the options are clear here, Adele. Do you go back for Haven or do you leave him to defend himself? What a useless nerd. He's done nothing so far. Absolutely zero. Nothing. He hasn't even left when we concluded we were going to leave. Nope. I don't think I can leave him. He'll be toast. He won't last in a fight. They'll knock off his glasses and then he won't be able yeah. to see. Yeah. <sighs> now, I'm going to have to go. We need him for the computer stuff, don't we? It's true. Because of all the people we can afford to lose, I'm willing to cut Matt. Maybe myself. I'm not a fan of Matt. I think me, Melina, and, you know, Haven, if we have to take him, we've got to get out of there. Matt can, you know. What, what, I mean, what I'm thinking here, and I, I can't persuade you either way, because I don't actually know which, which way it's going to go, but we've maybe decided that Matt might be a double agent, right? Yes. Uh, what, do you, what are your thinkings about Haven? Is this all a cover? Is he some kind of, you know... Some kind of agent too. I'm just putting oh, it out Oh, I there. don't know. I, I don't know. I don't either. know who I can trust. Look, I don't like Matt because he keeps questioning my decisions, which is very on brand for a man. Mm. But... <laughs> and, and now I'm questioning your decisions in the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> in a helpful way. <laughs> oh, I'll try. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Matt strikes me as more of an obvious agent type. Mm. You know, Haven's a computer expert. True. Yeah, I mean, how many computers were around in the 80s? They would have been very, you know... It's 2045, Colin. Oh, I forgot that. I forgot that. (laughs) All the computers in the world. Yeah, okay. There's loads of computers. We can fly. Yeah. It's... uh, The possibilities are endless. What did you think, when you were younger, what did you Mm. think the world would be like in 2020? I definitely thought there'd be flying cars by now. I don't think I assumed that flying cars was the way to go. Maybe hoverboards... But, like, but, but both are things are from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, but may, maybe a hoverboard because that's sort of fun, but I don't think you need whole cars of people flying around. That's just like smaller, shitter planes. <laughs> that's very true. I, I, I must admit, when I watch Back to the Future, and there's a, there's a bit in it when he goes to the future and he's got self-tying mm. shoelaces. Yeah, that uh, feels unnecessary. If you can't tell your, tie your shoe, shoelaces, get Velcro... Yeah, <laughs> the future is Velcro, but there is the a company. The future is Velcro. There's a company. It's either Adidas or one of them that have made self-tying shoelaces, and it links to your phone. If you're if you want to tighten your shoelaces, you can do something on your phone now, and there's some motor in the shoelaces, and it tightens them up. Is it like a up. windy thing, and so it does it spin them in the middle of something? Yeah, I don't. This feels like start we they get us all wearing automated shoes then they control us through our phones then they make us all walk off a cliff it's just what they want you don't buy the self-tying shoes if you can't tie shoes you wear socks yeah or you just you know velcro i think velcro is the answer to quite a lot of problems mm. uh, it's not going to help you in this situation though Velcro is not going to help. It would have helped if I'd been covered in Velcro and so had Haven. Ah. Then it would be stuck to me. And I wouldn't have to go back for him. The useless nerd. (laughs) 
I mean, okay. So let, let's go. Let's go back to the book. Um, Haven leaving him or t- going back? What are you going to do? I'm I'm going to go get him. I don't think we can abandon him this soon. I can't leave Haven behind, you say. I feel responsible for him. You guys go ahead. I'm going to go back and look for him. Okay, keep your shirt on. I'll come too. Matt follows you. He can't leave you alone. He won't leave. No, he won't leave. Carefully, you go back into the house. There is no sound. You cross the tiled kitchen floor and edge up to the living room doorway. With your back pressed to the wall, you poke your head around the doorway. Hands up. Don't move, says a familiar voice. Haven stands in the room, surrounded by five soldiers. He smiles and points at a mean-looking laser pistol and looks at you and Matt. It's all over. Your men will pick up the girl in the alley. You look at him. Let me introduce myself, he says. I am Haven Nightshade, captain of the secret police. Oh, shit. That's the end, Adele. That's the end of the whole book. Oh, oh, fuck Haven. What have we left him behind? That's 27 different endings and that was your ending. That's the shortest end. No. Sorry. No. I've changed my mind. You can't change your mind. I'm I can't afraid change that, my mind. Colin, the, this no. is terrible. All right. Well, look, look, you can't we change your mind. We didn't even get out of Julio's house. No, no, you didn't. Oh. You, you kind of did for about five minutes in an alleyway. Yeah. We st- we stood in an alleyway that presumably smells of piss, and then we went back in and got arrested. I can't change your ending, but what would you How have liked? How could this be the end when previously we escaped the secret police just by chance? Yeah, uh, well, well, you managed to escape from a maximum security prison by luck, but you can't can't escape from Julio's house just by planning. I'm afraid. Just by planning, no planning. I blame Matt. I blame Matt. What would you have liked to have happened to you? To I would Matt? have liked to have at least reached the border. No. Was that never an option? I don't. I have no idea. I mean, I, I unless we go through all the oh. endings, which I'm not willing to do. Uh, I'm but... willing. How committed are you to this podcast? <laughs> Did, see, I know. I know. I put it out there that Haven might have been a double agent. I didn't expect it to be true. This is useless. This is the shortest story ever. Maybe I did read these stories as a child and I don't remember because it took me three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for fun, shall we see, and I haven't done this before on the podcast, shall we see what happens if you didn't uh, go back for him? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, it's a one-off, listeners. I'm not doing this every time, but because Ad- I like Adele, so let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks, Colin. All right, it's fine. Okay, so we're not going to. Thanks we're for not- busting me out of secret jail <laughs> for now. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go back for Haven, so we're going to run on without him. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> This is a high-stakes game. It's each man for himself. You can't go back to look for Haven. You're carrying the plans for the invasion, and you've got to get them back to your hometown. All of this can't be put at risk for one person. You give one last look back at the doorway. Then you, Matt, and Melina go down the alleyway towards the exit. You find yourselves in a parking garage. Matt locks the door behind you. The cement floor is dry and gritty under your shoes. You feel as if the whole world can hear your every step. There are about 20 cars in the garage. The parking attendant is an old man dozing in a cubicle. His TV set is on, tuned to the only station, Government TV. The sound covers your approach. You have no trouble overcoming him, tying him up. (laughs) Why did we do that? He might have been a good guy. (laughs) You're full on gung-ho, tie him up. Just go for it, poor old man. (laughs) Well... He smiles weakly at you and flashes the victory sign as you grab a set of keys from the rack over his head. Minutes later, you, Melina and Matt are in a two-door silver-coloured Japanese sedan. It's an old car, but it's a good car. You pull out of the garage and head north towards the safe house. We'll be home by tonight, you say, and you know you're right. The end. Wait, what? That's an end too. That's an end too. I don't. I don't. How? I thought this safe house was just outside of town, but not in 
whatever it is Doritos. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, well that is, that is the end as well. So either way, so we stole a car and we're going to drive all the way back to Dorito. Are you, there no border crossings? You're going to go to the safe house, which is slightly north, and then you'll be home yeah. by tonight, and you know you'll be right near which is, the piazza. But yeah. I don't. Can you just describe? Uh, this is the old man that gave you the car keys. There he is. Would you like to there? Oh, I feel even worse. He looks like Joe Biden. <laughs> wow. Why did we tie him up? I bet if we just asked nicely, he would have given us the keys. Maybe we should have taken him with us. Better than stupid Haven. It seems very aggressive to tie him up for no reason. But those were your two endings. Out of the two, which one would eight-year-old you prefer? Being killed by the secret police or escaping? Well, I guess I, they would escape. But also, I think eight-year-old me would have definitely read more endings to check there wasn't a more fun way to escape. Was yeah. there an option that at the beginning, if we waited for the plane, it arrived and we just flew home? Well, and Was that the whole story? And that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, it's it's got it's got twenty seven endings. Maybe one of them is like you get the plane, you're home again. Hooray! Mm. The question is here: How are you going to break the news about Bill to your dad? Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, this is so bad. Bill's dead. We don't, we are assuming, we, we probably think Haven's dead. We don't know that Haven's a, a baddie. Mm. We think we've killed two people, I guess. I guess the thing I think with Dad is he quite likes, you know, he quite likes a beer and fishing. So I think even though I'm eight years old, I might pop down to the shop, buy a few beers, maybe get Matt to them, use his ID, yeah, make him useful for something. Yeah. And then, you know, take my dad out fishing and be like, got some bad news about your friend the pirate and he'll be like telling me this on a boat is insensitive uh and then i'll say bill's dead i'm sorry and then if my dad cries too much and it's embarrassing i'll just push him in the lake for a bit he won't drown he can swim he's you know he's a pirate too that's how he met bill Wow. What you've accidentally done, Adele, uh, and no offence to R.A. Montgomery, the writer, but with your story about you and your dad and fishing and pirates, it's a better story than what we actually had. What I've done is improve on a classic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so well done you. Yeah. Um, I suppose the reason the title of this book was so short is that it turned out the whole story was pop into town, steal a car, escape. That was all of the story. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and not even a good car. It's an old car. No, but, uh, there's three of us, and we didn't steal almost four doors. Someone's got to wait for the like for the you to flip the chair forwards. What if we get chased? We're yeah. putting Matt in the back. Yeah, I'll drive, you... even though I probably can't reach the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Adele, thank you for joining me for Book 8, Escape. Looking back, was it what you thought it was going to be? I know the story was a little bit of a disappointment at the end, but... I mean, arguably, if we ignore the fact that initially we got... Well, look, what happened is initially, I presume we entered into another book where we have to escape again from the same police station that we presumably escaped from earlier. So maybe in that ending it would have been a longer story. I suppose yes. when the title is Escape and the outcome you re- reach is escaping, mm. you can't say you weren't warned. Mm. Um, you can't say it's false advertising. If, if everything goes that way, you know, it's, mm. it's all right. We escaped. I am ignoring the fact that actually we got arrested again. Uh, if people listening to our podcast would like to know more about you as a comedian, as a writer, as a performer, where can they find out those uh, fun facts? They can find them in their heart. They know. Oh, yes. Uh, and they can explore themselves to find out more about me but also equally uh, they can go on Twitter probably that might be an easier way it's mm. uh, it's uh, at Adele Cliff I'm, I'm, there's not that many Adele Cliffs in the world so you know if you search for Adele Cliff on most things probably me but also I do work for the secret police and I am a spy Shh, don't I did anyone. really want to be a spy when I was a child really? yeah did you not watch James Bond films did you not think that would be cool? I did, and I also watched things like Secret Squirrel. But the, the the main problem here is you've told us all. You would be the worst spy because you've just told us all. Maybe I'm double-crossing you. I might be like, I'm actually a computer expert, but I'm not. It's like at the beginning where we thought staying right by the police station would be a good idea. If I tell you a spy, you might tell me all your, you know, nuclear secrets that I know you've got because you think oh, she won't really be a spy because she's told us she's a spy. Well, that's the worst spy ever, and actually I'm the best spy ever. Because I'm, I'm approachable and people come to me and they go, well, the only person I know is not a spy is the one who's told me a spy. 
she's a spy, but actually I am a spy. What I'm saying is I'm a spy. <laughs> um, so you can't find me on any social media. Uh, when I first met you uh, several years, a few years ago now, if you had come up to me and go, I'd gone, I'm Colin Lego. Hi, nice to meet you. And you'd gone, I'm Cliff. Adele Cliff. That would have been a giveaway. I know. Yeah. I used to have a joke about that in my last show because it's the worst name to do that with. It just sounds like a playlist to try and put you to sleep, doesn't it? <laughs> That's true. So, this is quite a ballady list we're listening to here. <laughs> if anyone out there w- w- thinks they could have done better than you, they can get in touch with the show. You can email like people have been doing, which is voyageofthepageturner at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought about Matt or uh, Haven or any of these characters. I might have been too harsh on Matt, to be honest. Well, I don't regret it. But, you know, in hindsight, maybe I was being a bit mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to be the expert on escaping. All he did was tie up an old man and help you steal a shit car. So, you know. And he probably won't even come to Bill's funeral. No, he's, he's mean like that. Let's finish this podcast then. I want to hear the very kind and sincere words you're going to say in the eulogy at Bill's funeral. Um, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today. No, that's a wedding, isn't it? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> to marry a corpse. <laughs> to marry a corpse with the chief of police from <laughs> Doritos. No, mm. I think what I would say is, I would say thank you all for coming. Mm. We're here to celebrate a life lived on sea and in air, but not well on land. That's where he died. God rest his soul. And then I'd say... Uh, William, or William as he preferred to be called, was a it was a good man. Yeah, you know, good looked after animals. Mm. Mostly a parrot, but mm. you know, other animals too. You know, and you could always you could always count on him to to hop in if you got a car because he only had one leg and two of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was my favourite man because he had fifty percent less feet than most people and we all know that that's what I like in a person. I'll miss him forever. Mm. That's what I'd say. Amen. Amen. Because <laughs> that was a prayer, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Voyage of the Page Turner featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery, hosted by Colin Lego, featuring special guest Adele Cliff, voiceover by Samuel Thomas, produced by Colin Lego. Special thanks to Anne McGinley. Remember, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely.